right, hey guys, and welcome to the Nouveau Bridge podcast. Today, my man Jeff, how are you doing, bro? Awesome, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, man. Love this. Love it. Love it. We're making it happen. I wanna, I wanna get, um, get into your story. Like, give me the the, the broad introduction of uh, of who you are. Yeah. So, I mean, I turned 26 tomorrow. Um, I'm so right now I'm 25. Apparently, <laughs> uh, I went to you know went to college. I uh, got my finance degree. Worked mm-hmm. for three different banks. Um, got out of college and then got a job with J.P. Morgan. Got licensed my Series Seven and Sixty Six. Uh, I was in uh, private wealth management, doing in like an operations position, mm-hmm. and I thought I wanted to be like an advisor. And then I was working on my own credit. I realized that I really valued traveling, and that like that corporate job was never going to allow me to travel, and it was also never going to allow me to make the amount of money that I wanted to make, even mm-hmm. if I climbed the ladder for twenty, forty years. So I ended up starting a business there. Um, they, I, they pretty much said I couldn't run the business there. So I, uh, and during that time I started personal branding as well. And then I, uh, so after they said I couldn't run the business, I was like, you know what, this job doesn't even fit in with what I value in life. So I quit. Uh, now I run a credit consulting agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work, you know, one-on-one, I have 20, 25 one-on-one clients I'm working with right now. I help them, uh, get access to low interest credit. Then we create income streams with that credit. And then I help them make smart decisions with that money um, to build wealth long term. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. that, yeah, that's my that's like my main focus. And then I obviously have courses and you know little programs on the side as well. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. So like out of that out of that corporate job, you got like your your clients from personal branding, or how did you build that up? Because that's that's an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, I was I went all I read the book Crush It by Gary Vee, and I just went all in on personal branding, and that was in uh, April of. 2018 so you know april may june so it's literally been like 14 15 months since i started personal branding but yeah all my clients come through uh through instagram i just started running paid traffic like a few months ago Mm -hmm. um so that's starting to pick up a little bit but literally everything is like organic on instagram i have no problem with demand with anything that's crazy man that's that's super cool how you made it happen that's nice let's uh, let's let's get into the to the money thing man give me um, why why is credit so important like it's it's a big thing but where i live it's not that that great as, as it is in america tell me yeah. about how, what it is how that uh, that goes down yeah i mean it's super super important here in the us i mean the fr- the biggest thing that people understand is like it's just the your credit score is just a number that uh, these bureaus and institutions put on you to show how show you the lenders, how responsible you are with using other people's money. So uh, whatever, if you have a higher score, closer to, you know, over 700, 850 score, um, then you're responsible. If it's under 700, you're probably not so responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just like the, you know, their overall arching meaning of credit in your like credit score. Um, as far as like why you need it, you need it to get, uh, I mean, I needed to get to th- this apartment that I have right now. I needed to get my car. I have needed to get my utilities that are in my apartment. I needed to get all of the credit cards that I use to travel for free and do all the stuff that I do. I needed to get lines of credit in my business. Um, I use credit to pay my employees. I literally use credit like every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't use credit. Um, even some employers in the United States check your credit because it just shows like how responsible you are. Mm-hmm. So it ju- it literally impacts every area of your life, and not to mention that um, the better your score is, and the more history you have on your score, the lower interest rates you're gonna pay. So having a good credit score and like a thick credit history 
uh, and make sure that it's positive credit history, uh, that, that can save you tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. on, on your, on interest on debt, like on your mortgage, your auto payments, like even your, your, uh, down payments that you put on big purchases like cars and houses will yeah. be lower if you have a better score. So there's like, there's unlimited things I could mention. I'm sure it's not this, it's not the same over broad, but it's, you know, I'm sure it is still a little bit important yeah, over yeah. there. Yeah. Crazy man. It's cool. Like the, the, the question everyone asks, how do you bump that up? How do you get that as high as possible as, as good as, as it can be? Yeah. I mean, there's uh, I mean, there's a few tricks like you can do. Obviously it's just like, one that's becoming more well known is just piggybacking off of other people that have good credit scores. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I was lucky to have like my father had, he managed his money pretty well and uh, he had a, a great credit score and he had, you know, an account that had 15 years of history on it. Right. So I asked him to add me as an authorized user onto his account. Mm-hmm. And what that allowed me to do was adopt 15 years of positive payment history yeah. onto my uh credit my credit history so it bumped my score up uh, immensely that helped a lot in like in the early stage my credit building process but like what people don't understand is like that's just one thing you can do obviously you want to keep your your utilization which is like the amount of debt that you're using down um right. you want to obviously make on-time payments but like you can piggyback off of other people's scores, but the underwriters that are actually doing the lending, they want to see what your primary accounts are. So just because you can, you can get added to a bunch of authorized user accounts, but it really doesn't matter when you come to apply for that credit. Cause they want to see like what primary accounts there are. So at the end of the day, there's really no like super fast track, but there's definitely like little hacks that you can do to, yeah. Just to bump your score up. I spoke with this guy the other day. It was like, you, you, you can't use more than 9% of your credit line and then you, they fuck it up, something like that. And there's, there's a lot of people talking about it. Is that, a, is that a sustainable thing or is that not, not using too much of your credit line? Uh, did he say, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to, that's, that's 30% of your score is utilization. So if you have like, if you're using a lot of your credit, then uh, it will definitely lower your score. But that's why I do so much. What you want to do is you want to build a bunch of history on your personal side. Yeah. Once you build, get like at least, you know, five to 10 accounts, then you want to move to business because then once you have like businesses and you have credit with those businesses, you can use that credit and it doesn't lower your personal credit score. Mm-hmm. So like everything, like almost all the credit that I use is on the business side and I can max out those cards and lines of credit and that doesn't lower my, my credit score. So that's pure but, for, for in your business, you pump the money and you get it out. And it's like, you, you're, you're playing with, with people's money in, in fact, yeah. that's, that's cool, man. What yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's right. I mean, to have a perfect score, you need it between 0% and 9% utilization. Mm. So if you have a $10,000 credit card, it needs to be between like a dollar spent on it and uh, like $900 spent on it. Mm-hmm. So it's it, there. He's he's correct, but... You can also max out the card. You just have to pay it down at the end of the statement due date. So like whenever the bills do, you just have to pay it down prior to that. But that's just on the personal side. So I don't really worry about that anymore because <laughs> everything's on the business side pretty much. How do you get it, that credit line as, as big as it can be? Because like, like for the people listening with like $3,000 a month, how do you get it as big as possible? And what, what do you do with it when you, when you have that? How do you make money of it? Yeah, so the biggest thing is... Um, as I mean, when as far as like the application goes, the lenders are looking at how big of other accounts that you have. Mm-hmm. So prior to prior to applying, you want to move your credit limits around. So if you have like 
a few accounts with Chase, for example, mm-hmm. you can move like a credit limit from like one credit card to another credit card. So that makes that one account have a much higher limit. Yeah. And then those banks that you're applying to, they feel more comfortable lending you what you already have access to mm-hmm. or even more. Um, so if you can, you can inflate the amount of credit that you have by moving credit limits from you know one account to another account. But really they're just looking at like, okay, how good is your credit score? If you're over a 750, that puts you in like the top tier with almost all the banks mm-hmm. and they will lend the maximum amount to you. Uh, they also, it's also really important to just have, you know, high stated income. That's the biggest thing. Like you just gotta be thinking when you're applying for this, the biggest thing is like how big of a risk is this person? And if they have more income, um, and like a low debt to income ratio, then they're more likely to not default on the debt. So if the lender can say this person is not very high risk, they have a good positive payment history, they have, you know, high income mm-hmm. and they already have like high limited accounts, then you're, you're, uh, you're in a really good spot. That's it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's cool. It's like, they, they don't teach anything like this. This is the, I've, I've been doing a little research on, on, on the stuff you're, you're talking about in the last couple of days. It's crazy. They, I learned this nowhere. So it's, it's, it's interesting, man. Where does yeah. <laughs> there, there's all these hidden, hidden rules, man. It's, it's crazy, but like, yeah, there's, there's each bank is different though. And it's always changing. So that's why it's hard to stay up to date. Um, a lot of this stuff I've learned just from people that have been in the space for decades. And then, like I said, things are changing. So I, I'm always testing stuff out and like, um, yeah. It's it's crazy how quick quick credit the credit space can change. Yeah, I love that man. What are some like uh, mistakes you you bumped in or if some other people uh, made that you're like, you gotta avoid it. That's that's a fucked up thing to do. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me early stage on was like just not realizing how important my credit was and not checking mm-hmm. it. I get that all the time. Like people come to me, they're like, oh, I have a great credit score, but they're really just checking credit karma, mm-hmm. and they they're not actually checking their real FICO score. Right. So credit karma is a vantage score. It's like the most popular thing here in the U S but it's not a real credit score. Like you have to go to like myfico.com, um, like a, or like a, any other site, like credit check total, you can get all your reports for a dollar. Um, and you really have to be able to monitor your credit, your real FICO scores because I've like, I had a client a few months ago. It was probably last month. Um, she was looking at She had like a seven thirty uh, score, which is pretty good on credit karma. And then she was getting declined from applications and I had her create an account on my FICO and she had a, a five, like a really low 500 score, like a 523 or something ridiculous. Right. And it was such a big difference because okay. credit karma wasn't reporting it. So mm-hmm. right. um, that's, that's really important just to be aware of your score. And then once you start building a good score, it's really important for whatever ventures that you do. So I use credit, I leverage credit to invest in things like mainly my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really important to start building business credit because if you start, you start building it at an early stage, you can get a lot of like the personal guarantee off, which means you're not liable for the debt after two years of building credit in a business. And it's just really important to just separate everything just for tax and, and business purposes. So that's one of the biggest mistakes I made early on was not separating personal side from the business. That's right. That's, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's, it's it's just a tool. It's it's interesting thing. Uh, tell me about the the travel for free thing because that's that's a cool thing for for everyone listening. Yeah, I mean, there's um the biggest thing that I mean, there's some like little you know we do status matching and 
all that where you get like one status at a hotel. I literally have a, I have an inner circle group on Instagram. We just, I just status match like 120 people, uh, like a few weeks ago and they will go from, you know, we get like a free status at one hotel. Then we leverage that status to get status at all the other hotels and car rentals. Mm -hmm. That just gives you like, you know, cheap, cheap, uh, cheap rates. It gives you early check-in, late checkout, free breakfast, free upgrades, like a bunch of cool stuff. So that helps a lot. And then, uh, you know, there's all, there's like little things like that, that you can do that help. And then like, obviously the whole point system is like huge, huge in, in the U S mm-hmm. so there's like two things that I like to do. Um, so you can use points. I, I, I don't remember the last time I've paid for a flight, um, <laughs> because I have so many points, like it's just ridiculous. So two things that, that people and that really anyone can do. I mean, the first one's really easy. So you just apply for, you go on like uscreditcardguy.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you search like, you know, what cards have the biggest bonuses and then you apply for a new card every two months mm. because there's like a secret, um, there's a secret requirement within the most, the most popular banks here in the U S that you need to have under three hard inquiries in the last six months. Mm-hmm. Hard inquiries, just when you apply for a new card, they, that's one hard inquiry when you apply right. for a new account. So if you do that every two months, you can keep those hard inquiries down and then you get a card and you can secure the bonus points. And they're anywhere from, you know, 60,000 usually up to like 150,000. And I, I just went to Medellin, Colombia for 16,000 points. So mm-hmm. like you can legitimately, you know, just, just from Medellin. one bonus travel, like do like right. at least, you know, two to three flights. So that's a really, I could just call that award stacking. So you can just apply for a new card every, you know, like two months and mm-hmm. secure the bonus and then leverage that to travel. And then you can also do like the really hot thing is like manufacturer spending, which is just like spending money on, uh, on something like a really popular one is gift cards. You can mm-hmm. buy gift cards, you get the gift cards, you liquidate the gift cards and then you pay off the credit card and then you're just left with the points. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's just, uh, those are two things that really anyone can do pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. How would you, uh, you, you picked it up and like you just told me the, the two month thing, but let's say you're, you're 18, you can apply for this, uh, apply for this shit. How would you take it to, to the level where you're, where you're at today? Um, staying consistent with that, like you need more than 21 accounts to have a perfect credit score. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely recommend to build as many primary accounts as you can at an early age. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just like so important. That's something that I did was like, I started pretty early in the process. Um, so that's really, really important. It's just like, if you actually do that, you apply for a new account every like two months. You don't even have to be that extreme. You could do it every, you know, three to four months if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just so important to just build more accounts. Cause like I said, you need over 21 accounts to have a perfect, perfect credit score. Not that you need a perfect credit score, but it's just, it really, really helps it's in the long run. Right, right. Right. Cool. How many cards you got? Um, dude, I don't even know at this point. <laughs> I think, I mean, I was talking to my roommate last night. I carry like nine on me mm-hmm. at a time. But I don't know. I it's probably I don't know. It's probably like honestly, it's probably like twenty two or something. Mm, it's cool. It's dope. Yeah, it's cool, man. Give yeah. me um. You're you're big on personal branding. Why do you do that? What is why is that the important thing for you? Because besides your business, because you see you're pumping out the content and and making yeah, helping people. It's super dope. Why is that something you do? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, I mean, like I said, I read Crush It by Gary Vee and he was just talking about how your resume is now going to be like your personal brand on like social media. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go all in on that. And what I realized was like, people actually pay attention to things that you say and you can actually have real impact on people. Like I get, I get real like meaningful DMs almost daily from people saying like, wow. Like you inspire me in this way. I've done this with my life. I've changed this. My income has increased. My credit, obviously I get credit um, testimonies all the time, but like, it's just like, you can really have more impact than you think. And that's what I'm looking to do is like inspire people. Cause when I was in the corporate world, I realized that about 80% of the people hated being there mm -hmm. and they didn't like being there. And the one reason why they were there was because they didn't, create new streams of income and they didn't like they were just there just to earn money mm -hmm. and that's why I was like you know if I can like help inspire people and give them the knowledge and tools to get out of their corporate job and start doing something they actually enjoy that's like hella cool so I just document everything on social media and uh it's had like a huge impact so far so that's, that's great, man. I, I never thought it would be it would accelerate like this quickly mm -hmm. how did you develop like the, the courage to jump out of your job because that's you you had yeah at JP that's that's a cool job. How did you were like I gotta do this? Um, this is the moment I gotta do this. Yeah, I don't, dude. I don't. I got to that point where so when I declared my like outside business activity to them, which was like you know I was doing like trying to help startups do funding, and I was mm -hmm. like writing business plans and stuff, and they said I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Um they also started questioning me about me personal branding because I was talking about like some personal finance on Instagram. So they started asking me, like they dove pretty deep into my Instagram right. and questioned me about everything that I was doing. And then I remember like going out to my car and I started deleting like the highlights off of my mm. page. And I was like, you know what? Why the fuck am I like, why am I conforming to like what they want me to do? Mm -hmm. um, and I realized that like, you really just have to like do what you value in life and trust your gut. And my gut told me right there was like, dude, this is not map. I, you have all these ambitions and goals and this job is never going to lead to that. So at some point you have to get the hell out of here. And right now seems like a great time. So that was on Friday. Um, and then I just, you know, went over, I decided on Friday I was going to quit. And then I went on on Monday and just quit. But yeah, everyone told me not to quit. I was yeah, not making you with that? the backlash from your family and friends. How did you deal with that? Um, I just didn't deal with it. I just, <laughs> I just stuck to what I, what I know I believe in. And like, mm -hmm. because the thing is like your family and friends are always going to tell you the safe thing to do, which is like, but I have these huge goals and there's, there's no way to get to these goals playing the safe game. Mm -hmm. There's just, it's just not, it's, it'll never happen. Mm -hmm. And they also don't, that's why it's just incredibly like incredibly important to be self-aware and know like who you are and what you're capable of because no one else in the world can tell you, you know, like what you can or can't do. And I knew that I had drive and then I knew that I just like hundred percent was going to go all in on it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say full send all the time. Cause that's my mentality. Whatever I'm doing, I'm hundred percent in mm -hmm. it. Um, and that's exactly, you know, I just took that mindset and just ran with it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone told me it was not a good idea. And it wasn't a good idea from the outside looking in, considering where I was like financially and stuff. But mm -hmm. um, it's 
I, this, that was by far the best decision I've ever made in my whole life. So. I love that, man. That's, that's yeah. dope. Where do you want to take this in the long run? Let's say five, 10 years, something like that. What do you, where do you want to be? Yeah. Um, so I want to help. My goal is to help as many people get to financial independence. I have a number on it. Uh, it's 100,000 people. Dope. Financial independence is when your passive income exceeds your expenses. And that's what you know, can really allow you to live whatever type of life you want to live. So that's what I'm passionate about. Um, and how am I going to do that with this program that I'm doing? Uh, it's like my program, like I said, I have 25 clients I'm coaching right now. Um, it is, it's called the financial independence accelerator. So that's something that's going to be a huge part of my brand mm-hmm. for the long run. That's going to be a pro- like a product that I have out for at least the next five to 10 years. Cool. Yeah. And then I'm also literally just committed. I wired these uh, lawyers in New York City money to start a hedge fund. So I have a trader out in LA that I've known for like a decade now. And he's just been really, really successful. And uh, we talk, you know, money and investments all the time. I'm start a hedge fund. That's dope, bro. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll... That's, that's always been something I've wanted to do. I've always said like, I want to manage over $2 billion and that's, uh, I'm like starting on that track right now. So it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be pretty sweet, man. I'm, I'm really, really excited for that. <laughs> what goes into that? Like the, the whole setting that up, how, how is that something, something, something you just, just do? How do, how's that? I mean, it's just always been a goal of mine and this, you know, this guy, um, you know, he's always been managing his own money and I've seen his progress in his accounts. And, um, I finally convinced him to like, you know, start managing other people's money. And, uh, he's really excited about it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, I just like started talking. I knew like some sec attorneys here, like locally, and then they connected me to this firm in New York. And then we just, you know, we got on two calls with them. Uh, two zoom calls just like this mm-hmm. we discussed what we wanted to do they sent us over a proposal we signed it and wired them the money and then you know the whole they they're setting up like th- you know a general partnership a limited liability company they're like setting it all up correctly they're doing all the legal stuff so crazy. um yeah it's it's going to be like another four weeks before we can take like outside money but mm-hmm. i'm really pumped for it it's going to be it's going to be a, a strong focus on digital assets. So a lot of crypto, and then we're also going to like be doing stocks and like options in there as well. That's, that's an interesting thing. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. What do you think is like, um, for, for passive, passive shit for, for people my age, for people just, just starting out in this in stuff. What do you think you, you talk about, uh, passive exceeding your, your income. What do you think? How, how should I start it? So have you, I mean, the most important thing to understand is like the cash flow quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki. Do you know about that? I read it, Jim. It yeah. So it takes a while to get over to the investor side. And I think a lot of people on social media preach like passive income and like, you know, all these like streams income that are apparently passive, like ATMs and stuff, but there's maintenance with that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you can get management to do that. Um, like if you have own real estate, you can, you know, be collecting rent checks, but there's even some stuff, uh, that you need to do for that. Even if you have a full management company, yeah. so nothing's really a hundred percent passive. Those are all considered semi passive income streams. Cause mm. you know, you put in work one time and then there's some maintenance that goes along and that's how like the e-commerce spaces, that's how like everything is kind of more work than people think. But if like what you need to do is you need to create a really successful business, have multiple streams of income that feed off of each other. 
And then you can take that lump sum of money and start investing it wisely. Like if you have a fit, like just for an example, if you have $50,000 of expenses, you put a million dollars in a dividend returning stock that gives you 5% a year. Mm-hmm. You're financially independent at that point because you have $50,000 of dividend income. Right. That's real passive income is, mm-hmm. you know, be, fixed income like bonds where you collect, you know, three, 4% a mm-hmm. year or, uh, you know, a dividend returning stock. Like that's real passive. That's interesting. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Interesting stuff, man. I love this. Uh, I love this shit. Where do you, yeah. where do you learn all this? What, what are books or something you recommend to, um, to start this out? Um, I just study the most successful people. So I listen to Ray Dalio all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, his book on, you know, called principles that just like really opened my eyes to how to like manage people since I'm like starting to manage, you know, employees and stuff. Um, so that was a great book. I think, you know what, honestly, I think the, um, Tony Robbins, have you read any of his books recently? He has one called unshakable that you should absolutely read. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really good book for people to start comprehending, um, investments Mm -hmm. and the truth behind it, because there's a lot of like hidden fees and BS and that can cost you a lot of money in the long run. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where I would tell people to start. Mm -hmm. Right. What are some chances you think you, you see you see upcoming right now people should jump in? Um in the in the money game. Oh, I mean, dude, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in in crypto and just decentralized currencies. I think it's really going to start I think we're just really really early stage in it because like mm-hmm. technology has not caught up yet. Obviously, you can't go, you know, to like to many stores and start using cryptocurrency to pay. You actually can start um paying with in some stores here in the U S yeah. but it's just a really, it's going to take a, it's going to take a while for it to like be publicly adopted, mm-hmm. especially in like the retail space. But I think there is such a huge demand as more countries are getting internet and technology. There's no doubt that globalization is happening and people don't want to, you know, peg all their money to like the U S dollar, especially when we're $22 trillion in debt and counting. Um, there's only so long that that can go on for mm-hmm. and just it easier to move money from place to place. Like I know this, the, the guy that owns uh, CZ, the guy that owns Binance, mm-hmm. he moved $2.1 billion in less than two seconds. And it was like, it was like one, it was like one and a half cents. Do you know how much it would cost to move? Yeah. yeah, $2.3 billion and how long that would, t- like, it's not, like, it's, it just fills such a, a needed gap here in the, in the finance space. So I'm really, I'm really, really interested in fintech, which is just financial technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that crypto is going to play like a huge role in that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's something, the, the thing though with the, the US dollar, it's one thing. And I think it's, it's hard for people to adapt. Like you have thousands of, of currencies to adapt to that and to have, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And it's cool, but in the long run, it, it will be a sustainable thing. One of 1000%. Yeah. I think it's going to take, it's just going to take time. It's a brand new asset class, but mm-hmm. there's definitely a need for it in the marketplace. And what, I mean, what early stage investors need to know is just like 98% of the cryptocurrency out right now is going to be trash. So I really, really recommend just staying in like the top 10 projects mm-hmm. and really picking projects that you like actually believe in and you right. can see a need for. So 
um, it's just a really risky investment, but like, if you know what you're doing is, I mean, I, I've made a lot of money off of, off the of crypto. Love it, man. That's it. That's what I have for you, bro. I love this, uh, this you taking the time and you sharing your, your, your knowledge. I love it, man. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, absolutely. Lucky. Appreciate you having me on, man. We'll stay in touch. <laughs> I will. Where can that, where can the people find you? Um, I mean the best spot right now is really just Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, those are like the, the biggest places, Instagram and YouTube, um, I'm doubling down on, I mean, I'm on Instagram. If you want to see my day to day, what I do day to day, mm -hmm. how my mindset is like what I'm doing with credit travel, definitely Instagram. So it's just at, uh, Jeff Seconder, which is just my name. J E F F S E K I N G E R. Love it, bro. Thank you so much for this. We'll speak soon. Yep. Sounds good. Lucky. Bye-bye. Thanks.